0: Chapter Twenty-One of *Jurgen*, a Comedy of Justice, by James Branch Cabell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. *Jurgen*, a Comedy of Justice, Chapter Twenty-One: How ANAIDAS Voyaged. Now the tale tells that Jurgen and this lady of the lake came presently to the wars of Camilliard, and went aboard the ship which had brought Anaidas and Merlin into Glathian. This ship was now to every appearance deserted, yet all its saffron-coloured sails were spread, as though in readiness for the ship's departure. "'The crew are scrambling, it may be, for the largesse, and fighting over Golgirvan's silver pieces,' says Anaidas. "'But I think they will not be long in returning, so we will sit here upon the prow and await their leisure.' "'But already the vessel moves,' says Juergen and I hear behind us the rattling of silver chains and the flapping of shifted saffron-coloured sails." "'They are roguish fellows,' says Anna Edith, smiling. "'Evidently they hid from us, pretending there was nobody aboard. Now they think to give us a surprise when the ship sets out to sea as though it were of itself. But we will disappoint these merry rascals by seeming to notice nothing unusual.' So Jurgen sat with Anaedis in the two tall chairs that were in the prow of the vessel, under a canopy of crimson stuff embroidered with gold dragons, and just back of the ship's figurehead, which was a dragon painted with thirty colours, and the ship moved out of the harbour and so into the open sea. Thus they passed Ennisgarth. And it is a queer crew that serve you, Anaedus, who are queen of cocaine, for I can hear them talking far back of us and their language is all a cheeping and a twittering, as though the mice and the bats were holding conference. Why, you must understand that these are outlanders who speak a dialect of their own, and are not like any other people you have ever seen. Indeed, now, that is very probable, for I have seen none of your crew. Sometimes it is as though small flickerings passed over the deck, and that is all. It is but the heat-waves rising from the deck, for the day is warmer than you would think, sitting here under this canopy. And besides, what call have you and I to be bothering over the pranks of common mariners, as long as they do their proper duty?" I was thinking, O oh woman with unusual eyes, that these are hardly common mariners. And I was thinking, Duke Jürgen, that I would tell you a tale of the old gods, to make the time speed more pleasantly as we sit here untroubled as a god and a goddess. Now they had passed Kamwi, and Anaedis began to narrate the history of Anastar and Kalmura, and of the unusual concessions they granted each other, and of how Kalmura contented her five lovers, and Jurgen found the tale perturbing. While Anaedis talked the sky grew dark, as though the sun were ashamed and veiled his shame with clouds. And they went forward in a grey twilight which deepened steadily over a tranquil sea. So they passed the lights of Sargil, most remote of the Red Islands, while Anaedas talked of Procris and King Minus Minos and Pasiphae. As colour went out of the air new colours entered into the sea, which now assumed the varied gleams of water that has long been stagnant. And a silence brooded over the sea, so that there was no noise anywhere except the sound of the voice of Anaedas, saying, All men that live have but a little while to live, and none knows his fate thereafter, so that a man possesses nothing certainly save a brief loan of his own body, and yet the body of man is capable of much curious pleasure. They came thus to a low-lying naked beach, where there was no sign of habitation. Anaida said this was the land they were seeking and they went ashore. "'Even now,' says Jürgen, "'I have seen none of the crew who brought us hither.' and the beautiful dark woman shrugged and marvelled why he need perpetually be bothering over the doings of common sailors. They went forward across the beach, through sand hills, to a moor, seeing no one, and walking in a grey fog. They passed many grey fat sluggish worms and some curious grey reptiles such as Jürgen had never imagined to exist, but Anna Eta said these need not trouble them. So there is no call to be fingering your charmed sword as we walk here, Duke Jürgen, for these great worms do not ever harm the living. For whom, then, do they lie here in wait, in this grey fog, wherethrough the green lights flutter, and wherethrough I hear at times a thin and far-off wailing? What is that to you, Duke Jürgen, since you and I are still in the warm flesh? Surely there was never a man who asked more idle questions yet this is an uncomfortable twilight. To the contrary, you should rejoice that it is a fog too heavy to be penetrated by the moon. But what have I to do with the moon? Nothing as yet. And that is well for you, Duke Jürgen, since it is authentically reported you have derided the day which is sacred to the moon. Now the moon does not love derision, as I well know, for in part I serve the moon. Eh?" Says Jurgen, and he began to reflect. So they came to a wall that was high and grey, and to the door which was in the wall. You must knock two or three times, says Anaedus, to get into Cocaine. Jurgen observed the bronze knocker upon the door, and he grinned in order to hide his embarrassment. It is a quaint fancy, said he, and the two constituents of it appear to have been modelled from life. They were copied very exactly from Adam and Eve, says Anaidas, who were the first persons to open this gateway. Why then, says Jurgen, there is no earthly doubt that men did generate, since here, under my hand, is the proof of it. With that he knocked, and the door opened, and the two of them entered. End of chapter 21.